0: I'll drink to that, where we get behind the scenes of the beverage business. I'm Levi Dalton. I'm Erin Scala. And here's our show today. Marchese Umberto Fracassi Rati Manton on the show today. Hello, sir. How are you? Pleased to see you. So, you're based in Carrasco in the Piemonte?
1: Yes. It's a town just uh, on the hills of La Mora and uh, between the two rivers, Tanaro and Stura.
0: And how long has your family lived in Carrasco?
1: Since uh, the foundation of the city, 13th century.
0: And in that time, there have been vineyards in the zone? Yes, I believe so,
1: because Roman grow vineyards, because it was a way to keep the people on the territory. So they have to look after the vineyards so they could not leave it. It was uh, founded on Roman uh, ruins. It was a fortress. The good thing of this place, that was a lot of water and there was a very good system of cleaning the roads and the streets. And as a matter of fact, that the pest was not in Carrasco. Because I believe it was a sort of uh, hygienic cleanliness <laughs> in those days. They, ever, they used to put everything on the roads.
0: So there was no plague here?
1: No plague, no. And then there was. Kerasco was sometimes in with the uh, Savoya family, and most of the time was uh, with Mantova. So they had less taxes. So. <laughs> I believe many people used to stay here because it was more not so expensive, and so we have a, a important families used to build their house in here because it was fortress, and also we have a synagogue still now and was a very important uh, yes, and as a matter of fact, the famous sausages of Bra was made in Carrasco with only veal meat and It was a city that had a big past, but no future, (laughs) unfortunately. But the climate is okay, and uh, it's an agriculture town. It's pleasant to live.
0: And you grew up here?
1: Yes, when I was a a child, yes. And during the war.
0: And your father died in 1985?
1: Yes. I split the land with my brother, yes, and they had the vineyards. He was very happy not to have this problem, but... (laughs) So I was uh, happy because I, I like make wine, I like drink it, but unfortunately I cannot drink it all myself. So I have to sell it also.
0: The family had been making wine like Barolo for its own cellar.
1: Oh, yes, yes, since ever. We found the labels from the uh, latest uh, eighteen hundred and uh, some... Uh, price list of uh, early 19, 194 And I believe the label was made for uh, the exposition in Turin in nine, 1911. And since um, we didn't change it, because it's cheap, only two colors, white and black.
0: <laughs> Today, you're the only producer of a Barolo from Carrasco.
1: From Carrasco, yes. But usually it was not known as Barolo, it was just a wine. But only because when they enlarged the area of Barolo in 1962, they put us in. Because before Carrasco was not in, but then they put us in because it was an historical vineyard. It was always there. We used to make Mantoetto, but they didn't know that was Barolo, it was just Nebbiolo.
0: That vineyard is towards the direction of La Mora in Carrasco, right?
1: Yes, looking south. This place I have only Barolo because I am on the limit of the area of the Barolo Empire. I am just on the border. But just for a few meters I am in. I am lucky we have no chalk because in this area there is a problem there is some chalks. But we, luckily my piece of blend, very small, only two actors, they have no chalk. In eighty six we had okay, a lot of hail. Yes, and um, we decided to enlarge the area. Part of the parcel was Barbera. It was a nice, very nice Barbera. It was perhaps a pity to take away this Barbera. But I like personally Barolo. I like personally Nebbiolo. And I, in my opinion, this soil is uh, suitable for for a Nebbiolo to make a Barolo. See, it's an easy drink of Barolo. In this area, like in Namora, it's impossible to have a Barolo very strong with a lot of tannins like Monforte and Seralunga. So I thought that it was better to choose the way to try to have a flavor, and perfume, and easy drink wine. And uh, I leave the, uh, the fermentation for only one week or a little bit more, and then I take it immediately away and I tip it boiling in steel. For one month. Try to make it light. I, I like it like that, but this is a question of taste.
0: But at the same time, it seems that the brölo you make is ageable as well.
1: I remember during the war, there was a lack of bottles. It was impossible to get bottles. And in those days, we used to give to the people that work in the country some wine, like a celery. And the the man who was looking after the property in those days, because my father was in Russia, he was in, during the war, and so uh, uh, he was used to take away the old Barolo wine to make the bottles to give to the people that work in the country for the new wine. So I used to taste this wine. I said, What well, is it's a pity, this is a nice thing. <laughs> but why what they are taking away. My, my my mother used to say, our wine is not so bad. It's, 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 and my father was making jokes sometimes, putting our wine in bottles of, uh, of romane on tea and, <laughs> and make a drink to some people. They said, ah, yes, but this is Romanée Conti. tea. It was our wine. <laughs> it's better, but,
0: you know. And what were you doing before 1985? Were you in other parts of the world or?
1: It was a combing wool. <laughs> it was uh, scouring, carding, and combing wool on commission, yes,
0: in Biel. But oh. now now the textile is finished. So when the textile market was really strong here in Italy, you were working in that market sourcing yeah, wool. Yeah, yes. What was that business like for you? Oh, I
1: like it very much. It was fascinating because you have all the breeding of the uh, sheep, all the quality of the wool. Now with synthetics, it's all finished, but uh, in the past, it was very important. If you like to do something, if you do it with enthusiasm, all all the jobs are nice.
0: But what is it that you think has drawn you to do vine work in an area where you're the only one who's done it for so long? Is it just family tradition, or is there something that speaks to you personally?
1: I like personally to do it. If I had not the chance to have the vineyards, I was looking for buying something in, in this area to make wine for my pension, for my
0: retired. And what do you think you like most about it, about making wine? What is it that appeals most to you? Especially, like, to drink it.
1: <laughs> I, I try to make it nice, to drink to have a good glass of wine
0: on my table every day. Had you been making wine before? No, 85, no, it,
1: never. No, right? no. I used to, I used to drink it. <laughs> well, that's
0: the best but, way to be an expert. But
1: when right? when, the, 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 when 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 by by chance I had the win I had to look after how to do it. But in the family we have always made wine and we have always speak about wine. My father and my mother. And uh, when I came here, my mother say, "We have to stop to make wine." because it's a silly thing, stupid, it's only small production. I will take you to somebody who knows everything about wine, and he will explain you that better you don't make the wine. So we went to see Gigi Rosso. Gigi Rosso showed me all the winery, and then uh, we went to uh, a reception room, and we sit down in in very nice chairs, and uh, Gigi Rosso said, well, I knew that you like to keep on going and making wine, and uh, I am very pleased. You know, it's a business that you don't earn money, but you can live on it. My mother, she was furious. She said, "We are, we are not. <laughs> we reached an agreement that you were telling to my son not to make wine, and then you were saying to him to make the wine." And this is a story that DG Rosso is telling to everybody <laughs> that my mother was saying to him. To, but in a certain way, she was right. Much better to produce nuts than making wine. You know, wine is, is complicated, especially if you have a small, uh, I have a stupid size because it's a uh, little bit too big to be a hobby and uh, too small to be a, uh, something serious. You know, I am old. I'm 80 years old, so I have. An, I am in
0: pension. So, I,
1: uh,
0: And you had a historical seller on the property.
1: Yes, yes. We, we moved. We had another one before, but then this building has been sold, and so I have the the cellar just behind. We say uh, home and job all together. <laughs> it's not so easy to work inside because it's on, it's on two levels, so we have to go up and down, up and down. I'm getting old, so sometimes <laughs> I would like to have a nice winery all at the same level. But uh, no, I prefer to have it in in my place when I sleep. Because in nine time, when when the wine is boiling, he, perhaps he knows that uh, we have to go and see what happened, you know, because uh, we have to control what happened.
0: Today, the Montanetto vineyard is planted to Lampia, Mike, Michet, and Rosé clone.
1: Mostly Lampia. The, the percentage is a little bit. More than 50% is Lampier, the rest is uh, Miquette and Rosé,
0: yes. And you added the Rosé clone.
1: Yes, because I like
0: the Rosé. <laughs> yeah. Well, I could see why, especially with the kind of wine you're going for, the style. Yeah,
1: yes, because I, I was looking to have a good flavor, not so much tannin. And the Rosé, is uh, the problem is that the color is not so brilliant. So... To have a, a decent color with some rosé, it's more difficult. So when I put down the rosé, they tell me, then, then you will never reach the color they unite. You like, but they say, oh my patience.
0: <laughs> and the alcohol is probably a little bit lower too yes. with the rosé. Yes. Do you ferment them all together?
1: Yes, yes. I have not done not, not the sufficient quantity to make different parts. Sometimes I ferment in, in different times what we harvest before, and then after a week, the other one, because the exposition is uh, shoot shoot west, and sometimes part of this you get uh, ready before, so we have to to harvest and uh, press it before. Yes.
0: So in terms of exposition, it undulates some, and it has different facings, and so it doesn't ripen evenly. Some parts of it ripen before other parts, and as a result, the harvest takes a while. The whole harvest.
1: Sí, sí. To complicate my life, on seven hectares, I make four quality of wine. So I start in September, end August, September, I finish for uh, Christmas Eve. <laughs> it's a
0: pretty long harvest period for <laughs> yeah, seven yeah, hectares. Yeah. You also make other grape varieties, and you have a Dolcetto in and, and two different bottlings, and a Barbera and a Favorita.
1: Oh, yes, you make Favorita. It's a white wine. It's like Vermentino, you know, uh, apparently came from the... Liguria came up with the people that are selling anchovies. But here, it takes uh, another flavor. You have Favorita from the Roero area, the Favorita from this area, uh, They say right side of the Tanaro River. And then the Dolcetto, of course, because it's our special wine, the, the wine that we like to have every day with our spaghetti or tagliatelle. And then uh, Barbera, which is an easy, a very easy wine to produce. Uh, Barbera never gives you a problem. You can always make some wine with Barbera. This, this was the, the reason it was, was so popular. With some Baric, because people like some Baric with Barbera. And then finally Barol, yes.
0: Why did you decide to make a favorita?
1: Because it's a typical wine of this, of this area. And in, in my opinion, grows better than Arnais. But Arnais is, I believe, is more successful in the Roero area. In our area here, I believe Favorita will get uh, getting better results. I, I like Nacetta very much. I, I will try.
0: <laughs> You're going to plant some? Y- yes. And how does that differ than Favorita?
1: It's more strong. They have more body, more structure. And uh, I don't know if I can make so nice nascetta like they make in in Novello, but I will try. I I can tell you in four or five years what what happened because it's my. We never had Nachette at home, so I will try.
0: Do you think you'll blend those two white grape varieties or keep them? Zip?
1: Yes, I, I believe I could blend with with other wines. Yes, or with Arnais or with
0: Favorita. Yes. Sort of get the freshness of one grape yes, variety. Yes, I don't know. The-
1: how we can make, because we have a lot of rules for uh, how we can make the label, how we have to put in the label, <laughs> all these stories that we have.
0: There must have been a lot of that for you. I mean, you're sort of pioneering a whole subzone, and you're the only producer, and there must have been a lot of learning moments where you sort of had to figure out oh, what to well, do.
1: but I like to do it. Yeah. <laughs> when you do something that you like, it's not it's easy, but it's not so difficult make wine. It's more difficult to sell it.
0: <laughs> it's probably uh, an unusual zone for people to get used to if they've never heard about before. You probably have to explain a lot. What do people tell you when they try your wines? I mean, how do they respond to the wines that you make?
1: Somebody say, well, this is nice wine, it's good. Somebody <laughs> say, I don't like it. Somebody say, I drink Coca-Cola. <laughs> so. It's like, Depends, you know. In the past, the wine was part of the of the food, because people used to uh, eat a very fat food, or uh, and we, they need uh, to uh, digest something. But now it's not anymore. It's just a question of talking about, uh, just uh, fashion, or uh, or perhaps they like it.
0: Personally, I like it. <laughs> And you make two different dolcettos, actually. There's... Yes,
1: you make one dolcetto only on steel and one uh, dolcetto which is uh, went through some wood and some barrique sometimes, just a few days, uh, say, just to give some tannin and uh, with some uh, grapes of nebbiolo. We used to make it in the past, we call it dolcetto nebbiolato.
0: Which is a, actually kind of a traditional style in the region. Mm-hmm. You don't see that often.
1: No, because the problem is that you lose part of the production of the Nebbiolo because you, you need to put this docetto on the, on the grapes of the, the Barolo. And tart it, it's, it's a hell of a job. <laughs> but uh, I have time to do it.
0: The two Dolcetos seem quite different as a result. The one, Yes, that is- they are.
1: If the people, they don't know that it's the dolcetto, they, they don't realize the dolcetto. I remember once a, a young lady come to see me, I ring the bell, they say, I had a very nice wine of your production in a place of a friend of yours, uh, Chabot Broussin. Uh But I have no more, it's finished. Uh, but I say, I have the usual dolcetto. Then Ah, no, 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 I don't like dolcetto. But you know that? That, that, no, it's not possible. Yes, it's a Dolcetto. She, she couldn't believe that it was a Dolcetto.
0: Do your relatives try your wines so that they ever comment to you?
1: Oh, yes. Yes, yes. Oh, yes. They are very uh, severe. Oh, they give you a hard time, do no, they? Oh, yes, yes. Especially my brother. Oh, finally, you have improved, <laughs> he said. Not to be not to be nice, but, but he has a very good uh, very good palate, yes. I ask him all the time, what do you prefer? So sometimes when he's coming here for lunch, uh, I put all different bottles in, in front. Of I have to taste all this quality of wine? Yes, please, <laughs> do it. Yes, he, he usually don't drink wine. But people who don't drink wine have a very good judge because they... They have not uh, ideas of the wine in the head, and they are more uh, positive. Especially if the people, they don't drink wine, they are a good judge, in my opinion. Because the main thing, that if you like some wine, if if you like it, you have a a glass of wine, and you you feel that you like to have another glass, that means it's good.
0: Do you enjoy Barolos from other parts of the Barolo zone? Oh,
1: yes, I love... uh, You know, in the past... They used to blend the Barolo. They don't, don't make... They, Veronelli start talking about the crew. It's okay for me because I have only one crew. <laughs> but if I had two or three crew, my father was saying that the good Barolo is made with one-third of uh, La Mora, one-third of Serra one-third of Castilian Falletto. In the past, they used to blend the Barolo to have uh, the color, the acidity, the tannins, or try to blend the old qualities. In the past, they used to blend the different areas.
0: What's kind of distinct about your own is that it's always been from one area.
1: Yes, yes, but I have no chance because I would like to have (laughs) some some other piece of land in the Barolo area, but I only have this piece.
0: But I mean, in the history of your family, it's always been one. Yes,
1: no, we only had this, this piece, yes.
0: It's an interesting perspective that when so many other people in the area were blending across zones...
1: Well, but because, you know, my father was looking, he was a milk producer. And so he was thinking that wine was good for himself, just to have his own wine. My mother was more keen on having the wine. But my father say, ah, oh, wine, enough what I drink. But he didn't want to have too much vineyards. We used to, in the past, with the family, we had a lot of land, but we never had many vineyards.
0: How have you seen the greater region change since you were a boy?
1: You know, the... the The world has changed, and especially in this area. Being in the property so split, so people were trying to make a lot of different type of production to survive. And so they were not special. You know, this um, increase of production of the wine in, in this area is only from the last 20 years, because I remember when I was a child, from La Mora you were looking down, it was like a forest, We had some small piece of vineyard somewhere, but now it's it's all vineyards because uh, wine was discovered and Barolo was uh, in in fashion. When I came here, the production of Barolo was 6 million bottles. Now it's nearly close to 13 million bottles. Double. I hope the quality will not (laughs) decrease because they, in my opinion, they have put some... Villas in the place, they were better not to put. And Piemonte was also in difficulties for the export because Genova was not working, Savona not. And in Tuscany, they had Livorno. It was very, very easy to reach. And in the past, the big market was UK because they had difficult weather, (laughs) so wine... Keeps people happy. And then, so they, they had the more possibility to send the wine o- o- over. And uh, from Piemonte, they try, but they never succeed. But you know, also people of Piemonte, they are not so, they are a bit, a bit special.
0: Now, have you seen the weather in this area change over the time you've lived here? Has it gotten warmer or.
1: It's more warm, definitely. We used to have. Uh, very uh, wet september and in October now we have been lucky and uh, September is with no rain, which is uh, very important for the vineyards for the vineyards it's okay for the, for the grapes okay. Unfortunately, we have no cold winter. this area used to to have a lot of snow, and so for uh, the the soil it is good because frost during the day. It melts little by little, and it goes into the soil. That is very good. And like last year, we had no, no, not enough snow. But I remember in the years uh, 1946, 47, we had uh, one meter, two meters of snow. <laughs> Unbelievable. Usually, we had snow in November, December, which was good for the for the vineyards.
0: Looking back over the time that you've been making wine, what do you think you're most happy about?
1: I you know, put myself this question. I, don't, I keep on going.
0: <laughs> what are you most unhappy about?
1: Oh, my age. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But anyhow, I have enough wine to drink every <laughs> every day for me, and then for the rest, not important.
0: Marchese Umberto Fracassi Mantan was told to stop making wine and he refused to do so. Thank you very much for being Thank here Thank you to you. Marchese Umberto Fracassi Manton in Carrasco in the Piemonte. All Drink to That is hosted and produced by myself, Levy Dalton. Aaron Scala has contributed original pieces. Editorial assistance has been provided by Bill Kimsey. The show music was performed and composed by Rob Moose This episode could not have happened without the great assistance of the Vara family, and particularly Giuseppe Vara. Thank you.